last time on Oz Hour? Okay, so last time they were at the witch's place and they were having to do like all the chores and clean shit up and they were starving the lion and everything. And so Dorothy was like, that's enough. And so she sprayed a bucket of water all over the witch and she melted like a little witch that she is. And then uh, Dorothy cleaned it all up and then they're like, we have to save the rest of our friends. So they did that. And then they had the monkeys come and take them to Oz because they had the little hat thing. Can't remember how they got it but they had it and then uh they got there and the Oz was like oh my gosh oh and then they found out who he was actually and then he was like okay I'll figure something out to get you home I'm sorry I lied to all of you guys and like made you feel bad and then uh he did a balloon thingy and was like let's go we're gonna fly our way to you know wherever you're from I can't remember now (laughs) and and um and then fucking Toto once again screws everything up and then makes her run off and then she misses her flight and then and then um (laughs) and then they tell her that she has to go to the other witch the good one and she's gonna figure out everything for her and that's what i remember hi there and welcome to oz hour the only place where you can hear everything you never knew about the wonderful and strange land of oz that's right with the help of some alcohol we will be discussing each of the 14 books in l frank Baum's wizard of oz series as well as possibly the accompanying 1939 feature film and other derivative works we're your hosts wyatt swingham and blake stone and joining us is our resident oz initiate hannah aguirre hello okay Hannah covered (laughs) what happened last time, for the most part, in about one minute and ten seconds. So, pretty far from the 30 (laughs) seconds we were shooting for. But, better luck next time on that one. Just for folks who were turning in, what did we miss? Well, we forgot about the trials of the wolves, bees, and crows. Also, the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman were literally killed by the monkeys. Dorothy isn't mad about chores. She's mad because the witch made a piece of iron invisible and tripped her down the stairs. And the water did kill her. And the Winkies helped them find the Scarecrow and Tin Woodman because they hated the witch for enslaving them. They took the magic cap that controls the monkeys because Dorothy thought it was pretty. Uh, and they end up using it to get the monkeys to take them to Oz. And from there, Hannah was pretty much right. So... Yay. Not okay. so bad. So we're counting that as a win or a lose, Wyatt? I'd count that as a solid lose with a better <laughs> luck next time at double the time limit we had set for you. Uh, honey. It was a lot that happened. <laughs> well, I said a lot. Your recap was another minute, just so you know. <laughs> we were timing. Well, <laughs> before we started recording, uh, we went ahead and whipped up some cocktails. Uh, so today, what are we enjoying, Wyatt? Uh, we are having a drink that I call Glenda's Bubble. That's right. Glenda, the good witch who in the feature film appears in a bubble. It is made of orange liqueur, pomegranate juice, and sparkling wine to give it a pinkish hue. It was supposed to be red. But either way, the recipe will be available on our Instagram at Oz Hour Podcast. And I am wearing a red shirt, so I am I am dressed and ready to visit Glenda today. And it's just Blake. <laughs> and with that, let's have our first slurp of the night and get started. All Cheers. Right. Chapter 19, Attacked by the Fighting Trees. So, they- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, why that's so I'll be funny. Up front. I'll be up front with it. <laughs> the chapter is pretty descriptive. Um, because 
as we said, or as Hannah had, well, Hannah, Hannah did say this part, that they leave to go to the south, right? So they're just on their walk. They're walking down. Yeah, and the first day of travel is fine. Um, everything goes about what they're accustomed to, because as you know, we have been walking and walking for a month now. Oh my god. Um, how long do you think they've, like, how far do you think they've walked? How many miles? How many oh, miles? Or wow. kilometers, if you're more comfortable. I'm, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, miles. Um... It took them, what, three days from Munchkinland to, uh, or all to of the Emerald, Oz, City of Emeralds? All of Oz. Bigger or smaller than the USA? Ooh, Oh, good smaller. Question. I'd say smaller. They walked... But about uh, a state? Well, which state? Texas? Texas, yeah. I'd say... Or California? Smaller? I imagine Oz being about the size of, let's just say Texas. Like, That's you know big. what? That's I'm actually big. imagining half of Canada. <gasps> Half Blake of the country. A break. <laughs> yes. Um, I just was curious how long across Texas is, and it's 773 miles east to west. Damn. So I would be comfortable well, saying that Dorothy and her pals traveled about uh, four to 600 miles. Damn. But okay. it's been a month. In one month, that would be 20 miles a day if you walked 600 miles. That's 20 miles, so 20 miles per day. So maybe they've done more. Well, there has been resting. There's I been don't resting. Th- they've only, they only walked like three days or what, four days from yeah, Munchkinland to the Emerald City or City of Emeralds. That's true. And then they were at, the, were at the, the witch's place for a minute. Most of the time. And if this is all in a month's span, it maybe is a little bit less. Yeah, most of the time that we've spent with them has actually been them sitting and waiting for things. Yeah, yeah. sitting at the Emerald City. So they haven't walked at all. Sitting. At, yeah, never yeah, mind. Okay. You know what? Honestly, Fuck your blisters. Seriously. They're unhealthy and it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say, the first day of travel, it's totally fine. It's what they're used to after their long trip. But mm-hmm. on the second day, uh, the scarecrow uh, tries to lead everyone through a thick forest of trees. And these trees do... So- well, do you remember the name of the chapter? The attack of the talking trees? More or less. <laughs> well, so as they're approaching these trees, though, and this is an interesting prelude to future chapters, they, the lion remarks that he hopes that he can see some other wild animals to show his courage to. Because the scarecrow at this point is like, oh, I have all these needles and tacks in my brain. I'm super sharp. I'm smart. And the Tin Woodman is like, oh yeah, I have my heart now. I can care. So the lion wants to like actually show off his skills. Um, and so that's, that will be, hold on to that folks, Hannah. Okay. Um, but they do encounter a, uh, wall of trees. It's just super thick. They can't climb between them. It doesn't seem like anyone was very mindful while planting them. Yeah. And the scarecrow's like, well, I'm nice and limber. I'll try to lead the way and go through the trees. And he goes into the trees and the trees begin to attack him and grab him and pass him from one to the other and throw him around. Oh they God. just toss him That's the fuck around. It is kind of <laughs> Yeah. And you know that he's probably just like his body is fully limp though. Like, and his, oh, the needles in his head are probably sticking oh. into them. What are they ripping off his head too? No, they're, they're just, just sticking through, roughing him up. Mm. But, but they basically toss him aside. He, he does stay intact. Yeah, they can um, do that to me anytime. But okay, they could. They're kind of, and they would l- kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like a we'll hive. See how mind. I feel that day. <laughs> it's really creepy. Like they're kind of like a hive mind uh, in that. Um, the Tin Man chops a branch from one of the trees and all of the trees like scream and back Scream. Off. They're writhing. Oh, they're he just connected. chops one off and it's just Yikes. wiggling and just Wait. shrieking. Would you like make what you think the noise is? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for any headphone users. So they are able to get through the thick forest of attacking trees. Uh, Everyone quickly runs through while they're screaming and writhing. Uh, And they make it out of the forest and come to a giant wall made of fine china. Yeah, it's... And this is the end of the chapter, pretty much. Like they, they come, for some reason, they had to come across these trees, encounter them, mutilate them, just so they come to this big porcelain wall, which they can't climb. So the Tin Woodman is like, okay, I'll just go cut down some trees and I'll make a ladder. So like, it's not even a big deal. But it's like, was Elfring Baum just trying to make a filler chapter? Because I'll it say it now, these trees don't come back. Oh. And and se- second spoiler, the folks we're about to meet. They don't fucking matter no, either. Yeah, no offense. The rest of the book is a filler chapter. Yeah, but it'll go real quick. Yeah, sure will. We love that. So after that, though, they start to make the ladder. And Blake, that was chapter 19, Attacked by the Fighting Trees. What would you call that? Um, <laughs> yes, that's the Sal if I ever heard her. Um, <laughs> chapter 20, The Dainty China Country. <laughs> Why they gotta I don't say know it what like anyone's that. laughing at. <laughs> I'm laughing because Elfring Baum didn't realize China was a place. I don't know. It's just the way that China is just like used so liberally. I love the dainty. Yes, certainly dainty. And we will get to the whole China thing actually in just a second. Oh. I have a game I didn't share with Blake because he was elsewhere while I was planning Ooh, out this. I love surprises. So this wall of fine China is endless. So the Tin Woodman decides to build a ladder so that they can go over the wall. Um, And once they get over the wall, they realize that everything on the other side of this wall is also made of fine China. Um, And it's it's full of uh, China houses, livestock, and little tiny people who are no higher than Dorothy's knee. Yes. I would like to (laughs) emphasize the point that these tiny people at their highest are at Dorothy's knee. And Dorothy is young. Oh, so if, the children. if everybody out there, if you look at your knee, how far it is off the floor, think even lower than that is how tall these people are. Yeah, because she's like 12. Yeah, yeah. She's somewhere between 9 and 11 or whatever. Ew, and the oh, children. Nine, oh, oh, They're yeah. even smaller. Yeah. The baby is microscopic. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Probably the size of like your foot. but well, A toe. Oh, smaller than your foot. Yeah, maybe a toe. But yeah, so that's important. Um and actually, I wanted to interject here with some guest trivia. <gasps> so, Fine China, otherwise known as porcelain, right? Oh, no. Hannah, where was... <laughs> we'll start easy. Where was porcelain invented? Do I have A, B, C, or D? Uh, no. <sighs> where was porcelain... In China? Final answer? I don't know. It was China. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I want to go ahead and say we did already call it Fine China a few times. Yeah, you did. You did. I wouldn't super get on your high horse yet. Well, I thought it was a trick question. I did frame it that way. Is China porcelain? Well, yes. And we'll get into that now. Because I thought that was different. That's uh, it gets the name China because it was prized by early civilization. Or, well, it was invented in China. They created clay pottery that eventually became porcelain. And then they after it was um, exported to Eastern or rather European and English speaking countries in the 17th century, they ended up calling it China. Um, but Hannah, here's your bonus question. In what year did the Chinese begin to develop porcelain? What year? In okay. what year? 
Well, I'm just thinking now, like, the book was in 1890, right? 1900. 1900. Yeah, it was turn of the century. Okay. Um, and he knows of it. Yes, that's true. So, uh, and people were using... Porcelain? Everything. I think. Yeah, by then. I'm going to say, like, 14th century. Okay, so that would be the year 1300, thereabouts? Yeah, let's say. Um, 1600 BC. So 2,900 well, years what were prior. What using then? Well, by the time that you're describing, they were also using porcelain because it was invented almost 3,000 years prior. Oh, that's... Because um, BC was before that. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You're um, right. But yes, during that time, the porcelain at that time was being developed. But the current day porcelain we use is basically the exact same as what they had developed by the year about 500. So okay. it's been around for like 1600 years. Well, 1500 years. Okay. Um, but I wanted to dive into it cause I was like, is it weird that we call it China? Is that inappropriate? But it sounds like no. Cause for a very long time we've referred to it that cause they invented it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. And now we can thank the founding of porcelain for creepy lifelike baby dolls that wear sunbonnets yes if you've ever seen a blushed cheek porcelain doll you can thank the chinese thank you wholeheartedly thank you china yes yeah okay so (laughs) in the i don't know what i think they call it china country in the book yeah the dainty china country the dainty china country (laughs) but still china Um, country so in the dainty china country uh they scare a cow who's being milked by a milkmaid the cow is made of porcelain. The ah. milkmaid is made of porcelain. The ground beneath them presumably also is. The bushes. Yes. The How big is the corral. cow? Well, His cow must be three inches tall. He's well, proportioned to the people. I'm I would sure. love yeah. to try that milk. Um, Ooh. Is it porcelain well, milk? I don't know if your throat could handle it. You don't think be so? Like, it might slice you open. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, hot. Do they even have liquid? <laughs> um but they scare a cow. The cow freaks out, starts kicking, which ends up breaking its leg and also knocking over the milkmaid who is milking it. And she falls and breaks her elbow. Yeah. And she's pissed. <laughs> oh, and I say she is pissed. Yeah. She is irate. She's just like, are you fucking kidding me you guys climbed over that wall just so you could break my cow and my elbow and she's like and she's like well okay now i'm gonna have to take him to the quote mender which is just someone in the village i guess they're porcelain china country that like uh, it's mends them sounds very crucial for them to have but yes like, like also, a doctor like, yeah because what if you fall do you shatter well it makes me wonder how often accidents happen in the dainty china country <laughs> because I, if you shatter entirely you can still be mended you I can and we will find that, that out yeah so no organs well, they're just ho- they c- porcelain. They must just be solid porcelain. Solid. They must porcelain? be hollow if they break so easily. No, yeah, that's true. It has to be. So yeah, but probably no organs. But why do they need cows? It is just so. What's f- she milking it for? <laughs> I'm sorry. And I want to know what's coming out. It's Ugh. so funny to me that the gang is like, "Oh, this wall seemed impenetrable." And she's like, yeah, so what? You like, you climbed over it? Yeah. And then broke <laughs> me and my cow? Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you thinking? And these, uh, the citizens of this quote country are like 12 inches tall. They, I am sure the whole gang could have walked around this wall. It feels more to me like they were like, oh, that looks like it goes on 
for a while, right? They're, they're like, so lazy. Go, I'm just gonna say that. Lazy and, and entitled. Entitled. Yeah. Entitled. Oh, it's like you could have found an entrance. We'll I'm sure oh, yeah. you could. What if they found the gate? And then what's they, the fine china dainty porcelain city hiding? Yeah, you know exactly. What? <laughs> I have never thought about this before. But I have read books about L. Frank Baum, the author of the Wizard of Oz books. And like the the backdrop that he's writing this on is a time when like, you know, land grabs were happening. He and his family were just constantly moving to U.S. territory after U.S. territory and like just living in like South Dakota and chasing mm. out the natives of those places so that they could like set up their house there. Yeah. Like and going so to the next. I never thought about it before, but the sense of entitlement that these characters have is probably just the mm. sense of entitlement that American everyone around them had. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I'm well, just like, well now I own this and I'm here. Yeah. Mm. So oh, this sorry. is what I'll do. I'm lost. I need, my problems are bigger than yours. So get the, GTFO. I hope that Dorothy's behavior is L. Frank Baum's commentary on the entitlement of American society and not the blurring of his own belief into the story. Oh, I mean, it would be a really big uh, disappointment for me because I have a huge homosexual crush on him. Mm. But uh, I'm willing to think that he might just have like white man syndrome. I think that makes just as much sense. It's 1901. It really you can be a really, really good guy in 1901 and have had really, really bad influences that make you think shitty stuff. But yeah. like he was also a super cool guy and like he was like on the forefront of like women's suffrage and stuff. And we will definitely do an episode all about him. Apologist. Oh. We got an apologist <laughs> over here. Okay. So, so they anyway. scare the damn cow and the girl, the milkmaid is so pissed off. She's like looking back at the clumsy visitors with like several reproachful glances as she's walking away mm-hmm. love that yeah. and then they meet a princess a pretty princess yeah. wait who made a princess no they meet a princess oh they meet a princess yeah. okay. and i'll be honest i don't remember it's not very clear if she's the princess of the entire porcelain community you know it's interesting because my note says dorothy sees a pretty princess it's unclear that she is their princess. I think she's just a princess. Yeah, because all I have is they meet a princess. Uh, <laughs> but the princess tries to run. She sees... Okay, you're, you're 12... She in- already knows. She's no. like, someone's elbow's broken you're and it's not going to be me. You're 12 inches tall. You're 12 <laughs> inches tall. You see a lion, a man made all out of metal, and you're a made walking out of glass. scarecrow, a dog bigger than you, and... A twelve-year-old girl. Ew, the dog. I yeah. didn't even think about the dog. Every, like, and to- you know, Toto's pissing on everything. Oh. He's smelling shit. Yeah, and it's like He's, a waterfall. Yeah, and they're and I don't know <laughs> if they can open their mouths. It's pretty unclear. The scarecrow doesn't. If they but, can drink milk, they can drink some Toto pee-pee. Uh, that's true, actually. So they're getting mouthfuls, probably. Ew. But it's but it, it begs the question: <laughs> What's really going on here? Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, they see the princess. She tries to run and. Uh, Don't worry, Dorothy takes chase. Oh yeah, Dorothy's Dorothy. like she thinks she thinks that that a princess is super pretty. She she's wants like I want it all for myself. Have her. yes entitlement. Do you know what she says to her? No, she says, "Hey, can I take you home and you can sit on my shelf?" <gasps> yeah, and the princess is just like. No. no. What are you talking about? I'm a sentient being. You know what? I have a life. I'm yeah. not surprised by Dorothy's like entitled ass here at 
all. Because she's a little girl like, and she's all a really pretty doll walking around. Well, yeah, I, I mean, mean I'd snatch it up too I when I was too. young, yeah. like 12. She has been. I, I mean, do you remember like going to like a parent's friend's house and like seeing something cool and being like, I like this. Yeah. Just like hoping that they'll say, like, oh, do you want it? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, she's showed that she's totally entitled this entire time. But I mean, wanting to take a living person as a decoration for your yeah. auntie's shelf is sociopathic. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. For an 11 year old, she doesn't probably see the full picture, but we have to, we as adults have yeah. to see that. Right there, that's Dorothy and the princess horror. Told her, yes, that is Dorothy horror. <gasps> oh my God. This actually, I forgot I had in my notes that we missed. No. Scarecrow body horror. Whoa, where did you miss some scare- scarecrow body horror? Well, it was very brief and I, I skipped over quite easily because it's when they got into the China city. They were at the top of the wall and the scarecrow is like, oh, I'll just jump down to the bottom and then everyone can jump on top of me and break your fall. That's right. But they had to be careful to avoid the needles and, and the pins and pins in yeah. his head. So they're all jumping down, hoping their hand doesn't land square on his head and it just pierced them. And what's the height difference? How tall is this thing? Like how They far? had to make a ladder. So it's I, probably at least 12 feet I was on the outside. like a 12 or 15 foot wall. Let's say 12 feet. But then the people are so small. Oh, they're so little. <laughs> I, I fear for them. But anyway, that was some scarecrow body <laughs> horror. Uh, and then also some... Okay. Also, after the princess, there's another, not body horror, but it's kind of gross. They also meet a clown. Oh, wait, but we're not done with the princess. Oh, go ahead. So Dorothy like chases her around saying that she wants to take her home and put her on her shelf. And the princess explains that if any of the people are taken from the dainty China country, mm-hmm. they will just become a figurine. They're unable to live or think oh. or breathe or like be alive anymore. Oh, my so God. So uh, Dorothy decides not to take her. Okay, well, that's... I mean... Well, how kind of her. <laughs> I was literally about to <laughs> say that. What a sacrifice. <laughs> Because if she was going to be alive and screaming for help for her entire life, Dorothy was more interested in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dorothy wanted a living being to take home those. So oh, pretty. my you gosh. Know, Dorothy, also, because she's probably lonely. But yeah. then again, I mean, I guess Dorothy has also been collecting Aussian strangers this entire time throughout the entire <laughs> story. So Yeah. Her saying, hey, come with me. Not that crazy. Really. Like true. three people have said yes. Um, <laughs> and she didn't even have to force them. No. But who do we meet next, Wyatt? Well, then they meet a clown. And this clown is a little bit fucked up. It's been broken because, you know, it's been doing its clowning, doing cartwheels and little like, you know, death drops and stuff. It has broken so many times that its entire body is just a spider web of cracks that have been mended. It's just like dark with cracks, full of dirt. Every time there's a little sandstorm, it gets full of So they must have been scared of clowns back then, too. They must have been. Because why would you make a monstrous clown? Well, like you know that? what? I think clowns were more of a like a depressing kind of thing back then. I think back then people actually enjoyed clowns more than we enjoy them now. But the whole thing about clowns is that they're like clowning. The art of clowning is that like you are a character who is always trying to achieve a goal for mm-hmm. the best. And you're just so silly that you mess everything up. So Mm. clowns are kind of like, you know, sad dimwits, which I think is probably like, you know, they're always falling on their butts and bonking their heads. And I think that's a big joke with 
the yeah. broken up clown. And so having like a glass clown, he's going to be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, but it's, interesting. it's gross because like, can they die? It makes you wonder. Like, it's the whole thing. Like, like no oh. matter how many times you shatter and if you don't fix yourself, yeah. then what? Like, do you just have to be like, no? Would you me. just want to be taken out of Oz so you can just become a figurine? Oh, that by the time I was that clown, probably. Yeah. I mean, I guess please curse me to an eternal life until I'm thrown away at some arbitrary time. Versus like, I'm walking around completely broken and disgusting. No. Yeah. I mean, what's worse? The the tiny porcelain people living beneath a 15 foot wall probably don't even realize there's such a thing as out of Oz mm, and a true. thought I just had the mender could just be another humbug I he was might actually not be thinking the mender might not be porcelain I, I thought about that earlier actually well earlier in this recording I was like oh that could be some man at his porcelain forge but they encounter the clown Nothing yeah. really happens with him. No, they just kind of notice him, and yeah. then they find their way to the end. Of and it's way smaller. The town, and they yeah, they decide to climb back over the wall, and it's a much easier climb. They don't need a ladder this time, um, so they live in like a weird like lopsided disc. I don't know, but um, the lion on his way climbing over the wall, it just you know he just messes up a little bit and he crushes their church with his tail. An entire church and literally probably twenty four inches tall. None <laughs> of the main characters are sorry. They're just like, oh wow, these people fucking suck because the book literally says Dorothy is like, that was too bad, said Dorothy. But really, I think we were lucky in not doing these little people more harm than breaking a cow's leg in a church. They're they're also brittle. <gasps> Oh my God! You just yeah. walked through their lives, broke them, and destroyed their their yeah. worshiping hall. Threatened How their princess. A princess. How? Yeah, dare tried to you. take them as enslaved people. Mm-hmm. Lord. And the scarecrow. But yeah, again though, assuming that there is something behind it, sure, but kind of a throwaway chapter. Well, that chapter was called Chapter Twenty. The Dainty China Country. And Blake, what would you call that chapter? I actually don't want to change the name of that chapter. Is that allowed? Can Strange I name choice. But yes, I actually don't want to change the name of that chapter. Am I, I allowed? I like it too. Okay. <laughs> I like the use of dainty. Yeah, very well. Chapter 21. The lion becomes the king of beasts. Of beasts. Of beasts. (laughs) (laughs) So they get to another forest and they find all of these yowling and sneering wild animals. Yeah. And it's just this like super overgrown forest. There's tall grass. And here's. Can they see anything? They've. Well, they've found a what's essentially a like meeting, like an assembly, this huge group of like wild beasts, like like animals. Because if I was like in a forest and I couldn't, there's just like bushes and bushes and all I'm hearing is snarling and growling from wild beasts. Yeah. I would want to die. They find them. Like they can see them. they find them. There's a clearing, I presume. It is very important to know that L. Frank Baum does not know the difference between a forest and a jungle. (laughs) Oh, that's that sounds true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Same. lion wants to be the king <laughs> of the forest. Anyway, they learned that a spider. Wyatt, did you take notes on the appearance of this spider? Well, I don't have a specific notes, but essentially it was a giant it was a, a giant beast that was like a great spider. So 
It was huge. It had many legs. It was it the was... size of an elephant with legs as oh. long as tree trunks. Oh. Presumably sequoia. Presumably sequoia, <gasps> meaning 200 feet. <laughs> Ew. So long, long legs, just this gross thing. And they're all like, oh shit, it's terrorizing us. What are we going to do? It's been going around just eating every wild animal. Like little spider monster hopping through the forest, picking up everything and eating it. And to death. I loved that when I was a kid. But <laughs> the lion said that he would defeat it if they would call him king. So the lion, he... Because, oh, yeah, he's like got all said, this courage he, now, doesn't he? He hates the city. He wishes there was wild animals. He'd prove he was so strong and mm-hmm. brave. Here's well, yes, and here's, here's his chance. So he's like, okay, I'll go do it. This I'll is do it. so brave, what he does. Yeah. Essentially, he goes off into the forest. They're like, okay, go. Woo, 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 woo. And they send him off. And he just goes in and he finds the spider. Sleeping. Yeah, it's it's sleeping. Interesting. And essentially, he like sees it from like afar mm-hmm. and he sees its neck. And it's, L. Frank Brom says that his neck was as slim as a wasp. So, you know, like a wasp's like abdomen, like, and then it's really tiny. And then there's like, you know, yeah. the, the whatever. It's super tiny. It's just yeah, like a that's stick. Pretty tiny. Disgusting. Um, so, but his legs are like tree trunks. Yeah, yeah. It makes an mm. interesting image. I mean, it's lucky that the spider's asleep because I don't think anyone noticed how fragile the neck was. Yeah. yeah. Because the lion just jumps up on its back and swipes his paw super hard down on his neck and chops his head off. Yeah, his head just breaks off and he's dead. Damn. So, I'm sorry. How long? The lion rolled up on a giant sleeping spider, who the only thing we know about is is, is a scary appearance. Oh, the true. lion is trying to foster a police state. So here's the thing, <laughs> yeah. Though the, quote, community at large may have said that spider was harassing them, maybe it wasn't. We haven't spoken to the spider. True. He killed it in its sleep the first time he saw it. Yeah. And Anything for power, right, yeah. Cowardly Lion? Mm-hmm. This is a call to action. We need your response yeah. by tomorrow. And then he went back and told them. And they were well, like... they just come into every single part of town and act like they're the most important people there. They really do. When there's not just like a whole, you know, ecosystem going on of people that live their life and do their thing. It, this is the most mad at this book I've ever been in my life. <laughs> yeah, like, I was really rooting for Dorothy with all that stuff that happened with the witch and all her friends died. And I was like, you know what? And then being lied to by the Oz. And I was just like you know what, like, she deserves so much better. But now it's like you're ruining it for me because they're just stomping around, breaking Mm -hmm. shit, talking shit. Killing the Chinese, destroying sentient trees, making them scream. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the trees. There's been so much badness. But, I mean, but, well, okay, making an assumption that this spider thing was terrible, at least the lion killed that, which is a good thing. Um... And he goes back and he's like, yeah, I killed it. And, and they, they're all happy. Yeah, they're all I'll quite happy. I'll be back to rule over you once Dorothy has returned yeah. home safely. They were all like, you're so brave and strong. We mm-hmm. want you to rule over us. And But to be fair, he was like, you know what? I have to help Dorothy get home. That's like, I have to do that. But when I'm done with that, 
I'll come back and I'll rule rule over you guys. I'll help lead you. So, so that's good. Now all mm. of our Aussian friends have somewhere to rule when the journey ends. Yeah. Uh, the Which, Scarecrow will rule over the City of Emeralds. The right. Ten Woodmen will rule over the Winkies in the West. Mm-hmm. And now the Cowardly Lion will rule this creepy yeah. forest. So to be clear, this is the first chapter that has something that will matter. In the end, because yes, the lion has proved his courage. He'll rule over these wild animals. Great. So it's like, okay, finally we get to a spot where he did something important, where something in the book is important. And Mm -hmm. you know, something else that I found really interesting about the chapter is that Dorothy, Scarecrow, Tin Woodman, and Toto even are all like totally creeped out by this forest. But the lion, like he's excited when they get there. He feels invigorated. He feels right at home. Uh, And it really makes me think about the overarching story about how Dorothy wants to go back to Kansas, even if it's gray and even if it's dusty, like even if it's creepy and there's giant spider monsters, like the lion wants to be in the forest where he belongs. You know where your home is. Yeah. That's actually a good point. He just needed some time away from the forest to realize he's not actually scared and that he has lived there his whole fucking life. Right. So very astute, um, honestly. And that was chapter 21. The lion becomes the king of beasts. And Blake, what would you call that chapter? You know what? Y'all are going to gag. I'm going to call that one. There's no place like home. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Very well. Chapter 22, The Country of the Quadlings. So, I mean, they go and they climb a final hill, but the hammerheads will not allow them to pass. Let me tell you about the hammerheads. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically... So we're in the ocean now? You'd think. You might wish. I actually don't think those... Well, they existed, but I don't think they were known in the year 1901. So actually, this might that the word hammerhead might have meant nothing. That's actually really interesting. You might be right. I'm not quite sure. But what happens is, yeah, they come up to a big hill, and a voice just yells down. He's like, "Go away!" And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And so they're like, "Well, we have to keep going south. That's just the only thing they can do. They don't know who this is." So the scarecrow goes over to the hill hilltop. But then, yes, the creature, the hammerhead, um, was just waiting there for him, basically. Yeah, and the book says he was quite short and stout and had a big head, which was flat at the top and supported by a thick neck full of wrinkles, and he has no arms at all. So basically, he has a stretchy neck that he can just slap out at you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a slinky, like, covered in, like, leather that's, like, just, like, wrinkled and then when it extends or a spring uh when it extends it like stretches out it's i imagine it being pretty disgusting to yeah, be honest I'm also fun sure fact i'm picturing uh wilhelm peter edward simon ruppel a german naturalist explorer first uh described the hammerhead in writing in 1837 that's the hammerhead shark well then that may have had something to do with l frank Baum's characterization well yeah i mean the wrinkles could even be like the indicative of the yeah. gills and they don't have any arms but <gasps> Just hearing something described doesn't mean that you've even seen it. So, I mean, he really could have taken a lot of... He could have been like, whoa, there's something called a hammerhead shark? That probably looks fucked That's up. True. And they're actually but really then 70 cute. 70 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. But yeah, essentially, though, they shoot their heads like cannonballs attached to a string. And they knock the scarecrow off the hill away. The lion goes up. He is doing his thing. He's like, oh, I'm courageous now. Same thing. He gets knocked off by the, by the head. And so they're like, okay, 
this whole book has been about us facing adversity and winning. We're not going to win this one. They're too strong. Let's call the winged monkeys. So they do. Oh, so that's yeah, their last wish. Yes, and to and okay. To be fair, yes, they waited till they absolutely had to because they agonized over this. They yeah. were like, "Fuck, we could call the monkeys, but like, do we need them? Can we get past this?" But like, they just kept going up and being knocked back. There's no way. There's but no other way. at the same time, they were told, "Hey, go to the country of the south. That's where you'll be able to get Glinda. That's your only way home." Why didn't they just tell the monkeys to take them back then? Yeah, Why didn't they call them from the start? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's in Oz. They could have taken her there. I don't understand it. Do they but, have to go back to Oz, though? Or to the Emerald City? Yeah, Emerald City. Not well, necessarily, because Dorothy's going to Glinda to go home. So they have no expectation okay. of returning anywhere. I mean, her friends plan to make the journey to back do their thing, yeah. to where they need to be, but... Yeah, her plan. Yeah, that is makes to no sense. Home. Why did they not just do that? Yeah, but, but they finally decide to, or they think of it, or whatever. And then the monkeys come and they're like, "Yeah, we'll carry you down there. We always would have done that. Why would you walk so, through the China damn. country?" And they didn't say that, but I'm editorializing. The monkeys <laughs> they thought are it. salty. They thought it, but they take. They were them. there waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They take them the rest of the way to... Now, my notes say Quadling Country, but I think it's actually Gillikin Country. No, it's Quadling. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, Gillikins are in the north. Okay. Uh, so they take them the rest of the way to the Quadling Country, where everyone wears red, and the houses are all red, and Glinda, the good witch, is happy to meet them. Yeah, they get there, and they're like, yeah, Glinda will see you. That's great. We're excited for you to see her. Wow. And that was Chapter 22, The Country of the Quadlings. And Blake, what would you call that? Why did you walk? <laughs> oh, good. That's good. I that was thinking a good one. of a comment about how there was actually no quadlings and it was just about the hammerheads, but you really oh, carried. You're right. Yeah, they just went to, they just like stepped over the boundary to quadling country and they're like, okay, let's make that chapter called yeah. Quadling Town, the big Welcome. parade. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Chapter 23 The Good Witch Grants Dorothy's Wish. Okay, now I know that tonight we are drinking a drink called Glinda's Bubble. And I know that in the movie, she's this beautiful bubblegum princess who comes down in a bubble. Fuck what you heard. Um, Glinda is smoking hot, super cool, badass, curly red hair, white robes, sitting on her ruby throne. I mean... Need I say more? It's giving me like Hercules, like the girl from Hercules. Yes, Bye. yeah. She she's described as beautiful and young with red hair, blue eyes. I'm presuming she's wearing some kind of a gown. Maybe she's wearing a pantsuit. I don't know, but I imagine her wearing a gown given the garb of the country. We love um, a pantsuit, though. Oh, okay, she's wearing a pantsuit and it's elegant <laughs> and it's hot as fuck but she is super wise which this is like not i don't even know this is speaking further than where we've learned so far but she is wonderful so dorothy tells glenda hey like after being like they the first thing they get cleaned up they get washed similar to meeting the wizard of oz really they like wash themselves they get cleaned up they're like okay we're ready to meet glenda so they meet her and dorothy tells her everything that happened she just tells her everything that happened and she's like i just want to go fucking home like this is what we've been through i thought i'd go home here i didn't i did a bunch of extra shit i thought i'd go home again i didn't now i've done this i want to go home oh, I never she's big mad of course yeah. she is yeah and you know i never thought about how interesting that is before though but like glinda the good did not know that 
the wonderful Wizard of Oz was a humbug. Yeah. And so, like, she's learning that in this moment, too. Oh, my God, and Dorothy too. just spilled the yeah. tea. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are big political moves happening here, people. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry. They won't matter to the book. But they would if you really did some world building. But she says that she'll help Dorothy get back home. But first, Dorothy must give Glinda the golden cap, which I don't know about you, Wyatt, but I thought that part was so intense. It made me tear up. I, I teared up reading my notes today. <laughs> I oh wait about like the outcome. Yeah, well, oh, okay. about the, because the whole situation. When she really. asked for the golden cap, I just fully was like, I don't know what her intentions are. We okay. just met her. So hold on, because let's well not even step back a second. But Dorothy finishes saying all that shit, and then Glinda and she's like, I just want to go home. And Glinda's like, first of all, bless you for destroying all evil in Oz, because Dorothy did it. And frankly, it's crazy, but Dorothy came there. And because Dorothy came to Oz, the Wicked Witch of the East and West were both destroyed. Mm. And the humbugs out of the humbugs out of there, yeah. And and after Dorothy explaining it, she probably realized, oh yeah, that's probably the fucking best that that he's out of here. So that happens, and then, uh, like she's like, okay, yeah, give me the golden hat. And same as you, Blake, I was like. Oh my God. She, of course she wants the golden hat. She'll use the monkeys. That's just what it is. Like she wants it as her prize. It's powerful. That's insane. But what does she want to do with that hat? Well, Glinda says she has three wishes. That three her wishes. three wishes for the monkeys will be to carry the uh, tin woodman back to the winkies to carry the scarecrow back to the city of emeralds and to carry the lion back to the forest that he's now king of so that's all three wishes all three wishes are used she's used her three wishes for the monkeys she says okay my three wishes are for these three guys to get home Mm -hmm. and then you monkeys keep the cap yeah. It's yours. She gives the hat to them and she's like, You're released from your bondage. Anymore. They're yours. It's yours. You can do with it what you wish. And it's just so benevolent because that's a huge ass power. I mean, how long that's has crazy. this cap been in play? Far, before about before it, Oz got to um, the wonderful land of Oz. I mean, when we meet the witch, she has one final wish left, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's so, probably been holding So she, on. I mean, those wishes are really far apart. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not like they're really in a terrible bond but, but they always have to wonder. But it's, yeah, it's still. It's they can't still settle like, down. They'll never have to think about it. Yeah. The, the cap is theirs. They're yeah. free. Yeah. Just absolutely, just so benevolent and the right thing to do. I would hope that everyone would do that, but that would be hard in a situation. You're the ruler of a country that's threatened by wicked witches, like, but you give yeah. these people their freedom, even I, though you could keep them as soldiers yeah, forever. I think Crazy. that is absolutely one of the most beautiful. That is the most beautiful moment in the book. She's a I true think. ally. Yes. Glinda ally. We love <laughs> Glinda. Glinda is amazing. Um, and she <laughs> tells Dorothy, she drops another bomb for Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a big one. She tells oh, Dorothy no. that the silver slippers have the power to get her home. Yeah. Uh, and that had you known their power, you could have gone back to your Aunt M the very first day you came into this country. Yeah. All she must do is click her heels three times and say the place she would like to go. That's it. And then in three steps, you'll be there. Click your heels three times, say it, walk. That's it. She could have have done this on accident. She could have done that to get to everywhere they've (gasps) been the whole time. You're right. She could have even done everything they wanted to do. 
or that they got done, not they wanted to every do every time. Because you is it like not a one time use type of situation? No, I mean those those slippers. I mean the the Wicked Witch of the West wanted them. They're one of the most powerful things in the kingdom. Yeah, it's I like think, internal magic. I Same with the magic cap, the really, except three tries each. Yeah. Okay, another question. Yes. Does she say there's no place like home, or does she say? Kansas. She just says Kansas. I yeah. want to go home to Kansas. Yeah, because who's gonna say what? Uh, you think the slippers know? She has home said. Is? <laughs> now she has said there's no place like home. I think in like one of the, f- I think in the first episode, if you go back and listen, okay. she says there's no place like home. Okay. Uh, so that quote is literally taken from the book, just okay. not in this moment. Yeah, it's misplaced. But that is her goal. And so she does well. She has a very tearful goodbye with everybody. And actually, I have a little excerpt from the book here that I just think is so sweet, and I want to share it. She threw her arms around the lion's neck and kissed him, patting his big head tenderly. Then she kissed the tin woodman, who was weeping in a way most dangerous to his joints. But she hugged the soft, stuffed body of the scarecrow in her arms instead of kissing his painted face, and found she was crying herself at this sorrowful parting from her loving comrades. Glinda the Good stepped down from her ruby throne to give the little girl a goodbye kiss, and Dorothy thanked her for all the kindness she had shown to her friends and herself. Because that's literally the first time anyone actually did what they said they were gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Glinda has to follow through. And she did it. A baddie. So yeah. Dorothy is carried back to Kansas in an instant. Yeah. Uh, the silver slippers fly off her feet and are lost in the untouchable, an untouchable desert that borders Oz. Yeah. So she loses the slippers mid-flight, but she lands back in Kansas, and Uncle Henry has built a completely brand new farmhouse. Yeah, because the other one flew away with Dorothy. And and he's milking cows, and it does beg the question, how long has she been gone? I mean, Dorothy has... The other one flew away, that's right! (laughs) Dorothy has been gone so long that they built a new house, like, Okay, did anyone like try to put a bolo out on this girl? Did she like, age? They, they didn't exist. Hannah? Well, she didn't age, but they might have. Do you know what bolo stands for? No. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. See, it's a, mm. it's like a police, well, yeah. law enforcement thing. I see, I see, I see. We've got a bolo out. Missing oh. child. Missing child. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Amber Alert. They weren't even like, hey, my whole house flew away. Can anyone see if they can find anything of the Gale families? They were also just like, oh, well, Dorothy went with it. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Time to, make- <laughs> <laughs> Time to make a new one. <laughs> um, yeah, right, well, they can- well, maybe they can't. I don't know. She's their niece. But <laughs> You'd think that was the end, wouldn't yeah. you? You'd think. But that was the end of chapter 23, which is the good witch grants Dorothy's wish. Got a lot further to go. And Blake, what would you call that? Goodbye, Oz. Very well. Good, good, good. Chapter 24, Home Again, is frankly quite brief. Now, Aunt Em is on her way to water the cabbages, and she sees Dorothy take her, remember, three steps and you're there, is what Glinda told her. Mm-hmm. She takes her three steps and then just fucking rolls in the dirt. Yeah. Oh my she God. lands. She is she gets shot through. Through. Yeah. yeah. It's, the magic is not meant for the like human world. Like, it's like a multiverse type of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> she breaks through into their dimension <laughs> and is just rolling. She's, she's just a shooting star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a crater and everything. Destroys oh. the new That's how she house. lost the shoes. Oh my God. God willing. But she sees 
Anne M sees Dorothy and she's like, where did you come from, child? We thought for sure you were gone. It's like, <laughs> where was the bolo? Um, <laughs> but unlike in the movie where you were there and you were there and you were there, it's not all just a dream in the book. Yeah. She's back. She it's lost real. the slippers. I mean, she's like, I'm back. Aunt Tim and, and Uncle Henry literally thought she was a dead person. Yeah. They were like, you've been dead. And then they hug her and that's it. And Blake, that was chapter 24, Home Again. And what would you call that chapter? I'm going to call this one, We Did It, You Guys. That was the first book. Yeah, that's a great chapter title because that is the end of book one, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And everyone got what they wanted technically, besides all the people that they kind of walked all over. They hurt many. Their community. Don't worry. They were... This is not our last time visiting Oz. No, certainly not. It will not be ours, nor will it be Dorothy's, uh, as we will see. Although there will be a final time for her, too. Oh. She has to die. It's just what happens. I guess that's true. She is human. At any rate, that is the end of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And now we have a few games that we're going to play as a supplement to this final episode to recap and really cap off this final book. Well, congratulations, Hannah. You just finished the first of the 14-book series uh, in L. Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz book series. (laughs) Yay, I read a book. (laughs) That's 24 whole chapters. Do you feel like a grown-up now? I do. I read my first book today. Okay, so now I don't know about you, but like... Well, I I know you've never read a book, so I guess there's more of a question (laughs) for the room, (laughs) but when I would read books and even now a little bit today, but like, I would kind of like picture myself in them. Like I would picture myself, like when the main character was like doing something weird, I'd picture myself doing the hero role. Did did you ever do that? I think what you're describing is empathy, (laughs) which is where you put yourself in situations and feel and interpret it through that view I guess Blake's no. an empath. I've never described. No, right. I've never imagined myself as like a main character. I've like, never imagined myself, but I imagine myself as like an NPC on the side that's watching everything oh, go down. You're okay. just in the cabbage market, yeah. and you're like, "Please, I just like, dropped it by one pence, and even, no one will even buy." Even us listening to this whole book, I was there the whole time, and I was in places that I knew. But I was never any of the people. I was just observing them. That is the magic of Oz. So (laughs) that is what we wanted to hear. Yeah, I love that. I think as a reader, that's usually like kind of where you sit. Like, like, like I'm currently reading it and like, I'll, they'll mention a character several times and then you finally see them. So then he'll describe what they're wearing. And so it's like, I already have a preconceived notion of what this character looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I'm seeing the layers of the clothing appear on them as it's described. I'm like, Oh, well now I have to kind of alter what I thought of you. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun being the NPC, but what about being the main character? Who of the main characters in this book or actually any, it doesn't have to be any character. character. Who would you like to be in this story? In, in, oh, like, okay, in the whole, in the yeah, whole of, story. of the characters that we met along the way. Ooh, I mean, so I mean, there's obviously that could be the soldier, that could be the munchkin mayor, Jalea Jam, mm-hmm. that could be one of the winkies. You know, I don't think I would want to be anyone in the Emerald City just because mm. of the whole, you know, Frog. your life's you're, not that good. You're living Sorry. under a conspiracy, yeah, and exactly. It seems fine. It's the very place North that Korea. I think that I would want to live at the most would honestly be the the china place 
it seems very peaceful and well protected. It does. There's a 15 foot wall. Honestly, um, like my mind just goes to the princess because, okay. you know, she okay. seems like she's got her shit together. She can protect herself. She's like, uh uh uh, you're yeah. not taking me. She makes, she, she, she runs. makes a run for it, actually. Yeah. And it's like, no. Also, and so, and also just being a princess, like, seems easy. And it seems like a nice place to live. Um, no. You say, and also the, they're not bothered again in the future. That's true. Yeah, Dorothy and her friends are the only ones who would ever even exactly. Um, but it's interesting, like thinking of you as the princess, because like I'm like, okay, Hannah's the princess. I would probably be the pissed off milkmaid. So, Wyatt, does that mean that you're the broken clown? No. <laughs> <laughs> You would be milking him. That, that was the lowing of a cow in heat. Uh, and that's what I think I would probably be. I'm glad I The only asked. reason they milk the cows? Probably. It's probably sexual tension. Interesting. But it is the whole that whole setup don't is interesting. Don't DM us. We don't know. No, I really don't. But I don't know. That is interesting, though. My, something I thought of, Hannah, when you were giving your answer about being the princess is... Mm-hmm. So that princess must be beautiful because they didn't mention it. But how long has she been alive? Is she a 900-year-old porcelain princess who walks around her little square mile town? Yeah. So you think so, yeah? I mean... <laughs> so she's so immortal. She's immortal. Yeah. In that case, I agree more with your choice. I think that's a great aspiration you're not really at to be risk a porcelain princess. Too much. And no and one... And yeah, you can be broken... But like, how often are you the princess being put in a situation where you're going to be broken? If, That's interesting. Uh, if the clown was so fucked up, I'm not the clown. But they d- exactly know? they didn't talk about anyone else being fucked up. That probably means that people aren't usually climbing over the wall into their city. If they've survived there for 900 years mm-hmm. and the princess doesn't have a scratch, it's I mean, like that lady was pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And but she yeah. knew what to do, which is like okay, you have a good system where you're educated about what you need to do in a those situations. Once in a lifetime horrifying event happened oh, to these people that <laughs> yeah. Dorothy and her Five friends will never. And an, three people, one sentient animal and one normal animal enter yeah. the China city. That's, that's World that's War II in, right yes, there. That's in the history books. They're that's learning Pacific about that. Rim. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have some, some porcelain robots in a couple of years to fight off offenders. Yeah, some shit's going to go down soon. But that's you know, a really, really interesting choice though. Overall. I think- I would like to be Glinda. I think she's the only one who is 100% unbothered the entire book. Mm. Nobody bothered her. Yeah. I well, would she- the evil witches bothered her for a little while. That's true. At some point in her life. She's but like- never been threatened, but she has been bothered. Mm. I would, but I agree though. I would choose between Glinda and the good witch of the North. Cause either way, you're just a bad bitch who well, can do kind of what you want. And the good witch of the North actually would be a good choice because she's sitting pretty and she's uh, a high political figure. She was the first on the scene when yeah. the Wicked Witch of the East was killed. And she's also actually a part of the story a little more so than Glinda because she gave really Dorothy the protective the kiss and the slippers. Uh, right. So she started the, the greedy, greedy, give me, give me, give me of the whole. Also, book. for some reason, 
the North is the only place in Oz not mentioned in the book. They start in the East. They go to the West. They go to the North. They never go to the... Or, yeah. Sorry, they go to the South. They never go to the North. We will go visit Gillikins in future books, but Next it's, it's almost even. like he completely forgot about them when yeah. he was writing the But books. they did some things, so... But great. Well, that was a fun discussion, and I think we can move uh, forward. Yeah. And the next question that I have, Hannah, and this is a big one. What was your single favorite moment? And then also your other two favorites. We want three, but I really want a top for number one. Do we want them in order or do two and three order not matter? Two and three order doesn't matter. Even if it's vastly different favoritism toward them, I don't want to know. Okay, Okay. top three. Well, I'll probably start with my favorite. Honestly, my favorite moment would probably be the time that Glenda gave the hat back to the monkeys. Yes. Because that felt really good. It's because, and and on top of that, that whole moment of not only after giving, after doing all the three wishes and giving the hat back to monkeys, she did everything that these people asked for, you know? Yeah. And so that was just like, wow. Like, this is where they needed to be the whole entire time. And there's all this roadblock in the way that made things so much harder um and she was just here like no worries i'll take care of it and that was like that was nice that felt good with everything we've been through in the book we deserve to have that and um i would say that's my favorite um my other two favorites um honestly this one is just because i thought it was funny but like them fucking killing all the wolves, all the bees, and all the crows. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Slay. <laughs> they really did that. Um, I'm just going to say my, f- my other favorite part would probably just be learning about the Tin Man and his, like, love interest in the beginning and what got him to where he was at because one they don't talk about that in the movie and i think that's interesting and it also makes me a little like the tin man the wood the tin woodsman has been my favorite since like Mm -hmm. honestly that moment so Mm -hmm. i just am gonna bring that up yes that's really good to know i didn't even have that as a question to ask you but i'm glad to know that that was your favorite character yeah this game is called Casting call. Casting call. So, Hannah, imagine, I mean, the way that I imagine these books when I read them, because they're they're rather simple for how much is packed into them. Um, The way that I read them is I picture that Disney got the rights to the Wizard of Oz stories and the movies... I mean, we just broke the first book into four episodes. Could Disney make it into four two-hour films? Mm -hmm. I'm sure they could. Sure. So picture the box office hit, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And we would like you to cast some celebrities as different characters. Are you ready? Yeah. First up is The Wizard of Oz. Ooh, The Wizard of Oz. Um... Honestly, I'm thinking Christian Bale. And Ooh. he loves transformations. 
He loves going skinny to fat. He loves doing all that stuff. He's so I can see that. him really like becoming a certain character and transforming himself into that character. That's a really cool And I cool think choice. he would make a good Oz. Yeah. That's a great option. That changes the way I think about the character. Yeah. I will say, as I asked the question, I thought Danny DeVito. <gasps> Ooh, oh, that's that, pretty good too. Be, it would be a very different vibe. It would be different. Be evil. It wouldn't it would be, be like spooky. It would be know? like sarcastic comedy no, Oz. Yeah. No, like, because you, you know, know what though? I mean, I think they would probably ask him to be silly and goofy because he's Danny DeVito and that's mm-hmm. what they're paying him for. But I think Danny DeVito was fully capable of playing like a believable, yeah. like sorry old man. So, uh, well, I guess you guys both shared who you would cast. Yeah. I was thinking, um, who's the guy? He's the dad in Arrested Development. Honestly, I feel like that would be almost a satirical take on it as yeah. well like it's, it would be almost too on the nose because he's like so old but it's giving me like jeffrey tamber would never have gotten that name okay so i think for the wizard of oz jeffrey tamber okay right, we'll just cut that in <laughs> um, okay but what about dorothy okay dorothy well i'm thinking like She's young. We wanted to be played by a young person. Someone that comes to my mind right now as a young actress who's really good is Millie Bobby Brown. And she's a brunette. And I think she would do a good job as as playing Dorothy. I don't want a British Dorothy. Okay, my <laughs> my request. Cut that out. Cut that out. I know you. You said it. You said it. <laughs> I I think that, and this is not something I really care about. It's something I thought of in this moment. Is I think Zendaya could be a pretty good Dorothy. I think Zendaya, but she is... would she would not be able to play a nine year old. She'd have to play an alternate no, version yeah, of a seventeen year old. You know what? That's the thing Dorothy. is that like Disney wouldn't have Dorothy be that young. Yeah, but it, it would be sense. wise to because you could turn this whole book series into <laughs> fucking thirty fucking movies. Yeah, so at, like, at the very least. So it would be wise to get someone pretty young, but they would probably just get Zendaya, use her for the next like 10 years, and then pass it off to some yeah. other actor. Just do a reboot. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. yeah. I think Zendaya would do good as Dorothy, actually. Well, all right, Hannah, say something silly. Hammerhead. <laughs> all right. And that <laughs> and was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Oz Hour. Oz Hour, created and hosted by Blake Stone and Wyatt Swingham. Co-hosted by Hannah Aguirre. Audio production by Charlie Johnson. Theme music written and performed by Rudy Clovis. Cover art by Valentin Lucas. Join us next time for book two, The Marvelous Land of Oz. Oz.